Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hi, Connor. Hey, Brittany. So I want to start off today's conversation with kind of an interesting fact. So today, peanut allergies in children are higher than they've ever been. I don't know if your kids have peanut allergies, but I know a lot of kids do. And it's becoming such a problem that now many schools are prohibiting parents from sending their kids to school with anything that might have peanuts in it, which is pretty ridiculous. Because I know that when I was a kid, like taking a peanut butter and jelly sandwich to school for lunch was my thing. Like that was what I liked to do. Now, like even if you don't have a peanut allergy, like the teachers won't let you bring one to school if another student has a peanut allergy. So it's gotten very, very extreme. But here is the interesting part about this, because I'm sure you're asking why I'm bringing up peanut allergies in the show. So as more studies have come out, they're actually showing that the reason peanut allergies are on the rise is because we haven't been letting our kids have peanuts. So, so it only brings it down a little bit further. So when your body isn't used to something, when you don't give, like a lot of times you give babies like small amounts of something to see how they react to it, to find out, you know, if they are allergic or not. We're not doing that anymore because we're so scared that, that one little thing is going to end in, you know, just catastrophe, that we're not letting our kids try anything. So now that kids aren't getting exposed to peanuts, their bodies don't know how to deal with peanuts. So when we when they encounter them for the first time, their bodies go into shock. Maybe they have a huge allergic reaction. Maybe they have to go to the doctor. And I know listeners, again, are probably thinking, what does this have to do with anything, Brittany? Well, I'm going to tell you. So there seems to be this new trend today where we're trying to protect people so much from anything that might cause them any discomfort, and especially younger kids, that we're actually making them less equipped to deal with things that cause them discomfort. And if there's one thing that's like guaranteed in life, it's that you're going to go through things that are unpleasant and you're not going to like them. You're going to be uncomfortable from time to time. But now we are shielding kids from everything that we're making them weak. We're making them, you've heard the term, you know, snowflakes. We're making them very weak. And it's it's kind of scaring me. And I know there's there's a lot of college campuses today where you see a lot of this happening where there's safe spaces, right? There's all these these things that are protecting people from things that could actually make them tougher. So I don't know, Connor, what do you think about that? You know, I, I think of there's a difference between a parent who like, you know, there's a lot of autoimmune disorders now and, and you know, allergies like you're pointing out and stuff. And and it seems like, yeah, in, in trying to avoid um, minor kind of exposures to problems, you're creating kind of a total intolerance for them versus the parents who are just like, yeah, my kid ate a bunch of dirt when they were a toddler, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, they got the chicken pox. We went to a chicken pox party and licked a lollipop from the other kid. And, you know, just like exposing them in, in little ways along life so that they kind of toughen up versus, you know, so it's like going to the gym, right? Every day, it's just a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. So you get stronger. You stay away from the gym at all because, ew, hard work. And then you're totally weak. And then you try going to lift, you know, 200 pounds of something uh, when you're going to the gym and you've done a lot of that tiny, tiny, tiny preparation versus none at all because it hurts or is uncomfortable, um, the differences are going to be totally clear. So, okay, that's interesting. In the physical world, we kind of have this um, like minor exposure helps build up your immunity mm -hmm. and tolerance and, and strength. Um, and so in the intellectual or mental side of things, yeah, I'm, gl I'm glad you brought up like safe spaces, right? I think in the past we talked a little bit about microaggressions, which is a similar yes. thing. Um, and uh, this idea that, you know, someone's, uh, uh, 
you know, free speech can offend someone else and they, they consider it a microaggression. You're aggressing against that person just because you share an idea they don't like. Snowflakes you brought up, I think, are a great example. And it's like people want, just like they don't want to go to the gym, they don't want things uncomfortable. It's the, what's that, wasn't it a Disney movie where it's like a robot? Wally, I think, Wally? right? And everyone is like horribly obese, <laughs> yep. sitting in chairs, drinking sodas. And it's like, look, do we, do we, want to just be comfortable and then grow fat, lazy, idle, and stupid? Or do we want to kind of go to the gym, go to the intellectual gym, uh, engage with people, listen to different ideas, think critically? Um, because it does seem like, yeah, kids are being coddled uh, and, and kind of uh, supported. And, oh, I, you know, like everyone gets a trophy. I don't want to make you feel bad. Let's not have you exposed to anything you don't like versus, I think, good parenting and and kids who have good heads on their shoulders, they're seeking out opportunities to get scraped up a little bit, whether physically or, you know, push the boundaries of what you can do and what you believe. And let's figure out what, what I can accomplish. And you're going to fall and stumble along the way, but how in the world do you, like we talked in the past about the obstacle is the way, right? Mm -hmm. You need to push against something really hard to firm up your muscles so that you can then overcome that obstacle if you just kind of throw up your hands and uh, like i'm watching cobra kai right now because yes. <laughs> uh, everyone is like, talking about cobra kai and there's this kid in there who's just like the total you know i think this is in season two but there's this kid who's just a total weakling and nerd and, and can't do anything and you clearly see how like that's not what i want my kids to be that's not what i want to be you need to toughen up a little bit you need and so i think intellectually or, or mentally as well the same thing we need to be willing to engage with ideas that maybe are uncomfortable or we don't like so that we can challenge ourselves and strengthen our own beliefs or potentially change our minds if we're proven wrong. I'm glad you brought that up because one of the reasons I brought this up is there's a great book and parents, this isn't really for kids, but parents, you might love it. It's called The Coddling of the American Mind. And it's one of the best books I've read this year. And I, I read a lot. So highly recommend it. But one thing they talked about is that we're not even allowing, we don't even know if the thoughts that we're going to present to people are going to even make them uncomfortable because they're not even allowed to get to, to students, especially college students. So every time a controversial speaker, and controversial could mean anything today, controversial might just mean I don't agree with them, is even scheduled to speak on a college campus. Sometimes they'll get canceled before they even get to speak because one student will say, no, I'm, that, that offends me. I'm too offended. Right. I, I'm having a nervous breakdown because this person exists. And you've got to wonder like, what? Like I remember when I was in college, I'm not a huge fan of Condoleezza Rice, but I went to see her speak. And I remember people were protesting her. And I thought, you know, that's cool. That's their right to protest. But they weren't saying anything about like, they, they weren't, this was before safe spaces, before crying. I mean, nowadays you don't just see protests. You see children bawling. You see these YouTube videos of students crying saying, how dare you let this person come to my campus? You know, they're a racist. And most of the time, like they're not. This isn't, they just start spewing these things. And it's made me really nervous because how are you going to know if you agree with an idea or not if you're not even allowed to hear it? So we're not even allowed to hear things like censorship is happening. We talked about this in another episode about if you have the right to not be offended or not. So so I think this is a bigger problem that that's, that's kind of going through all society because these college students are going to grow up. And, and this is happening, I think, a little bit even in elementary schools now. You know, so schools are, are Zoom right now because of COVID. And a lot of parents for the first time are getting exposed to some of the lessons being taught in schools. And a lot of them are along these same lines where we're being taught that we should be offended by everything, that we should be scared. And I, that makes me really nervous. I had an experience with my son not too long ago, and I don't even remember what the topic was, but I remember that he had heard something. Oh, it was, um, I think it was some kind of environmental argument. He was, he was concerned about trees getting cut down. 
And he had heard this argument. I don't know if it was at someone in his homeschool co-op or where he got. He told me at the time, I don't remember. But he had heard this and he had accepted it as true. And and so I'm trying to remember what I was doing. I think I threw away some paper or something like that. And that triggered for him this recollection of, oh, you know, dad, that's bad for the environment and you're wasting trees and deforestation. And I'm like, whoa, where did you get all this kind of stuff? And so what was interesting, and we had a good discussion about it, it was, you know, hang on, let's challenge your assumptions because you are simply believing whatever you've been told and you don't understand kind of the counter argument, the other uh, side or another side uh, to this point of view. So we had a great discussion. And fortunately for my son, he's got a dad who can, you know, provide that. And he's at an age where he's, you know, receptive to that. So we had a great discussion. Unfortunately, it seems many people are not in a frame of mind or maybe don't have the right family situation or whatever to be exposed to those other ideas. And so they are hearing whatever idea they want from a friend, from the guy on social media that they follow, you know, whatever the media is saying is the approved opinion we're all allowed to have now. And these people then just accept that as true. They've kind of got their marching orders, if you will, right? Oh, this is what I'm supposed to believe now. Oh, it changes every day. Okay, here's the here's the next thing I'm supposed to be upset about and believe <laughs> in. And, uh, and those people, unfortunately, are not willing to challenge themselves. They don't have critical thinking. I think it was the past episode we talked about uh, the John Taylor Gatto and the education system and what we've seen in the modern schooling system is a total breakdown in critical thinking. It is not about debate of ideas, especially college campuses, where in theory, long ago, that's what it was for, is to kind of uh, uh, the clash of ideas and let's debate and dialogue and find out you know, what is true and what you believe. It is now just indoctrination factories. It is here's what you are supposed to think. Um, I think, uh, Brittany, when you were working on the Skip College book that we did, mm -hmm. you talked about an experience in that book. Uh, tell us a little bit, like you you tried to challenge a teacher, as I remember, or you had a different opinion than the class, and that was a, a Yeah, it was, it was political. So she had us, in the, like one of the first days of class, she told us to raise or to, to stand up in the class if we had ever voted anything that wasn't Democrat. And this is a teacher who was obviously a Democrat. Well, she was assuming that everybody who stood up was a Republican and, and not she didn't think of all the other parties, you know, and I was actually independent, I think, at the time. And so I stood up um, and this was after she had hired me to be her teacher's assistant. So I was doing work for her while I was going to school. So she saw that I stood up and that I was not a, you know, on her team. And from there on, things got very uncomfortable and eventually she fired me. And I don't necessarily think that was warranted. I, I do tend to believe that I was fired because I didn't hold the appropriate views. And again, I think I went to college before this got really, really bad, but this was starting to get bad. I, I was kind of in the, the days you know, leading up to this. But that was really shocking to me because I had gone to school thinking this is going to be a place where we can debate and we can disagree. And you know, right. I was imagining, I always loved the constitutional, or not constitutional conventions. Uh, what were they called when it was the declaration? What am I, What is the word I'm looking for? Uh, Continental Congress. Thank you. Continental Congress. Like when they were arguing and debating, it was very, it wasn't, it's not that they were being like personally mean to each other, but things got rowdy, right? They were very passionate about, about their sides. I thought that was going to be college. I thought we were going to be allowed to speak up and share opinions. And I was very shocked when I got there and, and that was not the case. So yeah, it was very jarring. And it's maybe it was for you, but I know a lot of people in similar circumstances where they are intimidated, right? They do not want to, if the teacher or the, the, the class overall has a certain perspective 
or it's clear what is you know what you what you're supposed to say in your essay if you want a good grade you need to you know not say what you actually believe and so people are silenced they they censor themselves and i think that has an effect on people i think people ultimately start to say okay well maybe maybe i am wrong and and, and maybe i should believe what everyone else does and i i think it has an effect on you and so if the majority of people or if even a lot of people want to be coddled they they don't want to be challenged they don't want to hear opposing viewpoints i think that is very problematic for for many things for our own educational development because i think it, it it breeds ignorance right we're not like you say there's no debates and and this kind of clash of ideas it's just here's this approved line of thinking and and don't go learn anything else and you get this very superficial awareness right these people don't really understand the depth and and nuance right like the complexity of ideas and history and what happened it's just like like talking points which is another way of saying just like uh like simple statements that they can uh, uh say over and over to someone they don't really understand things themselves and then i think it becomes a big problem for society too like if we have certainly voters like if those people have voting power over me right they can vote to like raise my taxes or put someone in office that can control my life like that's deeply problematic if it's almost like they're like the borg like i don't know if you ever watched star trek but i used to when i was younger i'd watch star trek the next generation and my mom always had the hots for uh, captain picard so she would <laughs> watch it well and uh and and in there you know you've got the borg it's it, resistance is futile you know uh, your distinctiveness will be added to our own we will assimilate you right that they lost their individuality became part of the collective and it feels a lot like the people today are kind of the intellectual borg it's like we must be the same suppress your individuality no dissent resistance is futile you know you must become part of the collective and that's deeply problematic no, I, I agree with you. I'm not a Star Trek fan, but I think we even see that in Harry Potter. That's, you know, one I go to, one of my references all the time is is Dumbledore's army, you know, versus the rest of the people. You, know, you get this collective versus the individualist, and it's it's scary, but it's even scarier that it's becoming real life, right? It's it's, it's almost expected in stories. You expect there to be that, that, I hate to call it good versus evil, but good versus right. evil, that battle. But we're seeing it play out in real time, and that is what makes me very, very scared right now. But but I don't think there's no reason to, to abandon all hope, right? I think that things can get better. It's matter of us trying to make things better well i don't think anyone listening to this podcast is interested in being coddled i think uh, we've got a great group of critical thinkers here i mean anyone who's picking up the tell twins books is already willing to think about complex and controversial ideas so kudos to you listening uh but maybe maybe this is like our missionary tool to go preach the gospel of freedom to other people give them the antidote to all of this uh this poison of of uh, collectivism and, and so forth that's out there so good topic uh, thanks as always Brittany. and until next time we'll chat with you later talk to you later you've been listening to the way the world works make sure your family is subscribed and check out tuttletwins.com for more awesome content